At the beginning of June this year, I watched this movie that I just have not been able to shake ever since. And there's not one thing that really sticks out to me or is grabbing me. There's no certain line or scene or performance or anything. It's just it's just that I can't stop thinking about how it made me feel while watching it. And that would be George Stevens' 1956 three and a half hour long epic giant starring elizabeth taylor rock hudson and james dean liz and rock today's two most exciting stars in the only picture big enough to bring them together giant and i'm not one who typically seeks out these big hollywood epics in the classic era of Hollywood, the golden age of Hollywood, because it is a big commitment. It really is. And when I went into watching Giant, I said to myself, let's watch an hour of this. Let's see how we like it. Let's, after an hour, we'll take a break. Maybe, you know, we need the intermission. We can come back to it if we like it. And when I sat down to watch it, I had all intentions to stop it at an hour. But as soon as it started, I could not stop watching it. I needed to see the whole thing play out. And I did. I watched the entire three and a half hours in one sitting and I loved it. I usually think an intermission is needed, you know, like Gone with the Wind. (laughs) I am not a huge fan of Gone with the Wind. I think it is visually a very beautiful and striking movie, but it is not my favorite. And I know it's largely considered like the definitive American epic, but I would argue that that would be Giant. No, it's true. It's true. Giant is sort of the anti-Gone with the Wind in a lot of different ways, particularly with its themes. Gone with the Wind, I should say, infamously, doesn't address racism, which, you know, the movie did come out in 1939. So it is a product of its time. Um, But Giant, which came out 20 years later, is also a product of its time. But I was very surprised in how modern it felt with how it addressed racism. Racism is a huge theme of the movie. And if you haven't seen it, it is at its heart, a character study above all else. It's about the changing of times, and it follows these three characters over the course of 30 years, I believe. I think it it starts in the 1920s and ends somewhere in the 40s or 50s. And it takes these three characters in three different routes, all their own very distinct character arcs. And I think Giant is a masterwork in accomplishing a successful character arc. So it follows these three characters played by Elizabeth Taylor, Rock Hudson, and James Dean. And Rock Hudson plays, I would say, the main character, Bick Benedict. He lives in Texas. He's a cattle rancher. He's very rich. And he's very set in his ways. I'll say that he is very ignorant and outright racist to the Mexican-Americans who live in the surrounding communities in Texas. And he's married to Elizabeth Taylor's character, who's not from Texas. She's from, I can't remember where, somewhere in the North, I believe. She's not from this society. And 
her character arc is sort of about staying true to herself. And over these 30 years, does she assimilate and lose who she is? Or does she stick to her ground and do what she believes in? And Rock Hudson's character is sort of on this crazy journey of confronting his own beliefs, his own racism, his own ideas of masculinity and fatherhood. And it's really a path of growth for him, a very long, long path of growth for him. But it's interesting to see his path contrasted with James Dean's character's path, because he's sort of on a darker path where he loses himself in the money and power and glory, while Rock Hudson's character is on a path of growth. And it's so interesting watching everything happen and play out and how they actually express these themes so explicitly, which I was surprised at because, again, this is a movie from 1956. I just wanted to hop on the mic and clear something up. I don't want to make it sound like I am saying Giant is the most accurate portrayal of racism. This is still very much a product of its time, like Gone with the Wind. I just wanted to point out how I was surprised that they directly discuss this issue in a way that I had not seen in a movie from the 1950s. It is very much a part of this movie, and there are problems with it. There is a white savior aspect to it. It is a very Hollywood version of racism, and there are actors who are clearly white who are playing people who are not. So it's not without its issues. I don't want someone to watch this movie under my recommendation and think I agree with every choice or depiction given here. I do think it is ahead of its time in directly discussing this issue and having a character's whole 30-year arc being them confronting their own racism and their own sexism and the way that they view masculinity. So there is that to it, but there are this is not without its issues, and I just wanted to make that very clear here. And I also find it interesting that Elizabeth Taylor's character is so, it feels so much just being Elizabeth Taylor because she's very much like this. She always has been someone who stands with the underdog. Uh, I learned this because I'm, I've been learning about her by reading this book called The Grit and Glamour of an Icon. It's a biography on Elizabeth Taylor by Kate Anderson Bauer. And I highly recommend it. It's an incredible book. If you have any interest in Hollywood history or the studio system, can't recommend it enough. It's extremely detailed. But I've I've just been learning about her in general. And she's extremely influential. And she really used that influence for good and for charity and for activism. She's one of the biggest names and one of the first people to really advocate for people during the AIDS epidemic. She was calling out the government. She was creating foundations, foundations that probably to this day are reasons why we are where we are where it comes to the AIDS crisis. The research that she was able to fund and get other people to fund. She's an incredible person. I was so made so aware of the silence, this huge, loud silence regarding AIDS, how no one wanted to talk about it, no one wanted to become involved. 
Uh, certainly no one wanted to give money or support. And it so angered me that I finally thought to myself, bitch, do something yourself. <laughs> Instead of sitting there just getting angry, do something. You're angry at people for being quiet. I was, I was doing the same thing. I was not being quite as quiet because I was trying to get d d dinner together. But it took more than that. So uh, that's really how I, I became involved. It was uh, seven months later that I found out my friend Rock Hudson had AIDS. And then it hit me in my own backyard, so to speak. But I was already committed. And of course, Rock Hudson infamously himself passed away in the 80s from AIDS. He was the first celebrity and big name to be diagnosed and be killed from the virus. And it's really sad, especially because the president at the time, Ronald Reagan, he was actively ignoring what was going on. He did not mention AIDS until 1985, and I believe he was asked directly about it, and that's why he acknowledged it. And I don't think he fully officially addressed it until 1987. And I find it particularly disgusting because Ronald and Nancy were from Hollywood. They were friends with Rock Hudson. They knew him very well. Nancy was allegedly a close friend of Rock Hudson, and towards the end of Rock's life, he specifically reached out to the White House and to Nancy Reagan asking for help for him to receive medical attention, and I believe he was in France at the time, and she turned him down. She turned him down, her close friend, someone she loved, she decided to turn her back on him while he was dying and then did not even address the epidemic for the next couple years because I believe Rock Hudson died in 1985. He was 59, died very tragically. James Dean also died very tragically. He died before Giant was even released. James Dean is one of the most famous images in Hollywood history and pop culture history. And I find that very fascinating that the only person who I think is more of an icon than James Dean is Marilyn Monroe herself. I love her. I love her very much. I've never had a feeling oh, like shut this. Shut up. Young lady, you don't fool me one bit. I'm not trying to, but I bet I could though. No, you might convince this jackass that you love him, but you'll never convince me. That's too bad. Because I do love him. Certainly. For his money. No, honestly. Have you got the nerve to stand there and expect me to believe that you don't want to marry my son for his money? It's true. Then what do you want to marry him for? I want to marry him for your money. And James Dean only did three movies. He was only credited with three. That was East of Eden, uh, Rebel Without a Cause, and Giant. And two of those came out after he died. So he made such a huge impact still to this day. Everyone knows the image of James Dean. And he only did three movies. And, it, you know, that really surprises me. But after I've seen Giant, it doesn't surprise me at all because he was so incredibly 
talented. And I believe he was a method actor as well. Same with Marlon Brando and Montgomery Clift. Interestingly, allegedly, <laughs> I don't want to talk about gossip. <laughs> and, oh, what's his name? Queen. But all three of those men were not straight. I'll just say that. Um, there's also a rumor that James Dean and Rock Hudson were hooking up or at least hooked up during the filming of Giant. I guess there is a rumor. I don't even know if it's true, so I don't want to say it's true. But would I believe it was true? Sure. I wouldn't say it's not, but I don't want to say it is. You know what I mean? But allegedly, Elizabeth Taylor and Rock Hudson had a <laughs> had a bet on who could sleep with James Dean first, and apparently Rock Hudson won. But I will say, while reading the Elizabeth Taylor biography, Rock Hudson and James Dean did not get along. And I watched Rock Hudson's documentary that just came out on Max, and he didn't really have a lot of nice things to say about James Dean either. Um, but he refused to really comment on on him because he did pass away so young. There was a lot of alleged things going on between the three of them, which I obviously cannot get enough of. I love, I love Hollywood gossip. I love it. Um, but Elizabeth Taylor also butted heads with George Stevens, who was the director, because Elizabeth Taylor has that image. She has the Elizabeth Taylor image. She's a very glamorous person. When you think of her, you think of Hollywood glamour. She is Hollywood, basically. And she did do a place in the sun with George Stevens. I don't know how well they got along on that set. I know, um, well, from reading the book that a place in the sun was kind of like her big break in being a considered a serious actress because she was extremely young at the time. She was a, she was a child actor and she was even extremely young and giant. I think she was like 22 or three when she filmed that. And of course <laughs> she plays the character over the course of 30 years. So she does uh, put on a nice gray wig <laughs> or they put some powder in her hair and she plays an older woman. But she was extremely young when she did this and when she did A Place in the Sun. I think she was, I want to say like 16 or 17 when she filmed A Place in the Sun. But when she, after she did A Place in the Sun, she was kind of disappointed with the work that she was getting. It wasn't as serious as what she would have liked. But she was able to get Giant a few years later. And apparently George Stevens, I don't know if it was like a tactic of trying to get a certain performance out of her by being a complete asshole to her and saying that, oh, she needs to be super glamorous and she's not right for this and saying that to her face and like embarrassing her in front of everyone. But I don't think they got along very well, especially because after James Dean died, the book mentioned that Elizabeth had to film a scene like right after it happened. And she was very close with both James Dean and Rock Hudson. There's <laughs> a lot of talk about how James Dean and Rock Hudson may not have liked each other because they were both vying for the attention of their fag hag. Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> because Elizabeth Taylor famously only really, I don't want to say only, but she famously surrounded herself with gay men, as she should. Um, she is the gay icon. <laughs> 
I feel like every man she really, truly fell in love with, because she was married, I think it was eight times, but to seven different men. The only time she was ever truly in love was with gay men. Rock Hudson, Montgomery Clift, probably James Dean. (laughs) I don't even remember where I was going with that. I'm getting sidetracked. I'm getting sidetracked. (laughs) The making of this movie has has all of its drama that is, of course, interesting of itself, but also just this movie in general is so fascinating. And I wanted to come on here and give a little bite-sized recommendation to it because I don't think, at least a lot of people my age aren't watching these movies, and I highly recommend it. It is so unexpected and worth the watch. And honestly, I think if you're a film fan, you need to watch some of the greats do their thing, like George Stevens, who I believe won Best Director for this movie, Um, but also Elizabeth Taylor, Rock Hudson, and James Dean. And I wish I wrote down the cinematographers and the writers and all that. I didn't write that down. I do know that um, it's based on a 1952 novel by Edna Ferber, I think was her name. Um, But the movie It's not just a fascinating watch and how it depicts its themes, but it's gorgeous. I mean, the the way everything is shot is beautiful. I love how everything pulls together from the set to the camera work, to the acting, to the writing, to the directing. It is just to me, after watching it, the definitive American epic. Fuck Gone with the Wind. Just kidding. I don't want to say fuck Gone with the Wind. I'm sure it's, you know, a landmark in cinema, but fuck it. Wizard of Oz should have won Best Picture that year, not Gone with the Wind, and I will die on that fucking hill. So that's my recommendation for you guys. Please, please, please check out Giant. I know it is a commitment to sit through a three and a half hour family drama, but I really don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you will be surprised. This is men's stuff. Leslie, how about a cup of coffee or a drink or something? Men's stuff. Lord of mercy. Set up my spinning wheel, girls. I'll join the harem section in a minute. Now, Leslie, don't you go worrying your pretty little head about politics. <laughs> you mean my pretty empty head, don't you, Judge? Could I get the coffee for you, Leslie? You too, Uncle Brutus. You don't feel well, Leslie. I feel just great. My adrenaline glands are pumping beautifully. Boo! If I may say so before retiring, you gentlemen date back 100,000 years. You ought to be wearing leopard skins and carrying clubs. Politics? Business? What is so masculine about a conversation that a woman can't enter into? Leslie, you're tired. Perhaps I am. 
I really hope to start talking about some older movies that aren't just big franchises or the current big blockbuster going on. I feel like I've relied too much on that for this podcast when it is called The Film Degree. And I hope to do that in a longer format than just this little bite-sized recommendation. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, If anyone has any recommendations for me, I would love to hear it. And maybe talk about it in the future, have a longer episode discussing my thoughts on some more classic movies. Because actually, while reading this book, I have been checking out a lot of movies, particularly from the 1950s. I did just watch these two Marilyn Monroe movies that I think would make a really good episode. So we'll see in the future. Thank you guys for listening. And I will leave you with this final thought. Fuck Nancy Reagan.